You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Give you the same disclaimer I gave this morning. This could take five minutes or this could take an hour. Just depends on all what the Lord wants to say. But if you'll go to Isaiah 43 will be in verse 16. And the Lord has had this question, and in my mind, for several weeks of where are we going and where, where am I leading you? Where is the Lord leading us? Um, where is He leading me? What, what is He doing? And so in this walk, we should be able to answer that question to an extent. We shouldn't be able to map out everything and know everything that God's going to do, but there should be understanding in it. But I think what we do is we just, we check out a little bit and we just start getting in the daily routine of life and kind of forget to check in with God and see what He's doing and where He's leading and what He's trying to say. And so just understanding that question is so important for us. It's been a very important question for me um, with all the things that he's doing through us. But in Isaiah 43, verse 16, says, Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot, chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostrich, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people who I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. And so we know that this year is a year of great faith. And, um, and we just speaking on that for a moment, we know that if this year is a year of great faith. There are two things that we can be certain of. There are going to be moments where great faith is required. And if that's true, then there has to be individual encounter and experience with God regularly to make sure that we have that faith adequate for that situation that we'll find ourselves in. That he's saying, you will find yourself in. It's a year of great faith. There are great moments that are coming where great faith is required. And so there needs to be a personal, intimate relationship with God that acquires that faith. We know that faith comes from encounter. It's a gift of faith that's presented to us at the moment of salvation. When God reveals himself to us, he presents us with a gift of faith. And what I've taught my kids is I just call this abiding faith. Because what's found in that moment of faith when we believe in God, we don't know much about him or encounter with him. But what we do know in that moment, what is found in that moment is this belief that God is good and he loves me. We find that at the very heart of salvation and that 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 faith that we find given to us in that moment of encounter with God. And so that's, 
the first gift of faith that we're given, and it comes from a moment of encounter. And so faith comes from continuous encounter with God. So this is a year of great faith, and we also know that he's calling for intercessors, that people that would live in the offensive, looking for what the enemy is doing and then seeking to destroy that thing. Not waiting to be invited in, but looking and seeing and hunting it out, sniffing it out. Um, Talking to my kids about this, not waiting for someone to ask for prayer. If you know a kid is struggling, insert yourself in that story between them and the struggle and be an intercessor, be offensive. And we know that what he's really desiring to do is these intercessors that he's calling which is all of us, I believe. It's not just a certain group of people, but he's calling all of us to be this. He desires us to be marked and to be able to be pointed out because of this one trademark is we are captivated by the desires of his heart. That everything that he desires to happen here in our lives and in the lives of those around us on this earth captivate us. This work of God captivates us. And so we are captivated by the things of, by the desires of the Father's heart. So where is he leading us? Are we allowing him to lead us? Or are we having our heads buried in the sand? Um, because the important thing to recognize is that we have been anointed to minister to this community. If you live here in sundown, you have been anointed to be a vessel of truth and freedom in this community. And it's so important to understand where the Lord is leading us because just as it says right there, the Lord is not in the business of doing old things. He's in the business of doing new things. He's continually doing new things. But what I've found in myself and in church in general is we tend to focus on the old things, never expecting any new things to come. Right? That's kind of why we see the Holy Spirit not welcome in church anymore. We're, we're good with what the old things were. We don't want any of the new stuff. Let's just, that was good stuff back here in your heyday, God. We're just going to focus on that. And we've lost focus on the new things out in front that he's desiring to do. But he's anointed us to, to be the vessels of these new things that he desires to do. And just like we read in Matthew 9, 35 through 38 this morning, there are so many sheep without a shepherd. And there is a harvest that's plentiful and there are no laborers. There are none working alongside Christ in this fresh new harvest. They're all focused on what's been and and gone. So are we able to answer this question? of where are we going? Lord, where are you leading? Is that question continually at the forefront of our mind that we would be continually marching for it in the offensive and not living a defensive life, but living an offensive life where we are continually marching forward, establishing the kingdom of God where we go, marching forward, allowing him to show us and reveal to us the new thing that he's doing, And then walk in obedience to see that new thing come to fruition. Like this morning. This morning's word, if we don't receive that, we default back to old things. But if we do receive that, 
then I challenge you, you probably won't be able to sing in the car the same. Right? I hope not. I don't. I can't praise God out loud the same anymore. And it's a great thing because now I'm focused on the fact that the Lord is establishing his kingdom as I sing those praises. He's inhabited them and he's establishing his kingdom. Even if I'm flying 75, now I'm 1585 and I'm singing, his kingdom is being established in that place. And the really cool thing that's fun for me to think about, say I'm establishing his kingdom in that place and you drive by someone that's struggling. But what they just enter into is the kingdom of God. And what you've just allowed is a new thing, a new encounter for that person. You've just allowed for a moment where God could intersect their story and affect them. We, and we have no idea what they're going through. Maybe it's a messy divorce. Maybe it's suicidal thoughts. Maybe they're just coming back from losing their job. Or maybe everything's great. Everything's finally going good. And they're wondering, what the heck is going on? Why is, things are coming together. I can't believe they're coming together. This is so great. When they drive by you and the kingdom of God has been established before, the, before them and they enter into it and they realize the Lord has been orchestrating all of these things on my behalf. Where the Lord reaches down and finds them in that place. That's the fun part. It's just we can't really comprehend the magnitude of what it is to be a son and a daughter on this earth to the king of kings and what that looks like in the fullness of power and authority that he's been, that's been given to us. Our minds have just yet begun to comprehend the magnitude that it is to carry that, to carry that seal of authority, to, to be publicly adopted in that moment of salvation where he says, this is my son, this is my daughter with whom I'm well pleased and he opens heaven to you. And now you walk with the Holy Spirit, establishing the kingdom of God wherever you go. We, don't, we can't see the fullness of what that does. But I do know what the kingdom of God is. I do know that where Jesus went, lives were changed. And I do know that he is perfect theology and he's the life lived so that we can see what was possible for us. And in that, I think we're just, again, scratching the surface of the possibility of this life because he only had it for three years. And we're only seeing what people could write down. Because that's also crazy to think about because I I would challenge you to, I, I bet, I would bet you that there were moments where the disciples witnessed something and they just witnessed it. They couldn't think to write it down. They couldn't, they just were in awe of it. And I bet, I bet there are millions of moments like that that we don't have in here um, because it was a life full of the Holy Spirit operating in obedience in the will of God daily. And we see what Scripture says is possible in that. And Jesus did it. And we're still talking about him 3,000 years later. And he was one guy that had this Holy Spirit for three years. And we are many that get to walk with this Holy Spirit for a lifetime. The effect is far greater than we can understand. So do we know where he's leading us? Because he's in the business of doing a new thing in and through you. And it's fascinating. But it it takes a conscious effort on our part to be aware of this new thing that he is doing. 
We can't just wander through aimlessly. We have to know that, and at least have understanding of the direction that we're headed. He'll provide that, right? He, he provided, what kind of year is this going to be? It's going to be a year of great faith. Okay, what are you going to do in this year? I'm going to raise up intercessors. I'm going to change the way you think about a lot of things. Randy has taught us several Sundays of old teachings that he used to stand on that now the Lord has changed his thinking and shown him this is what it is. And I am, I've been in those places too. It's teachings that I've just kind of done away with because it's like, oh, that's just basic stuff. Like this morning, just singing, oh, that, just, that blesses God when his children sing to him. No, it's so much more than that. When his children gather in his name, in power and authority, they praise him. His kingdom comes. His will is done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, it's those moments. Um, and so I challenge you with this to be able to answer this question of where are we going? Where is the Lord leading you? Because anything we desire to see corporately must first happen individually. So individually, we need to have some understanding for ourselves with that question. Where is the Lord leading me? Because then when you understand that question, then you come in here and there's 100 people that have asked that question and know and have understanding about where the Lord is leading. And then they come in together corporately what we begin to see where the Lord is leading this body, this house specifically, which is cool. But anything we desire to see corporately must first happen individually. Nailed it. I think it was about 10-ish, 12-ish minutes. So I went over my limit. I said five to an hour, so it was right on. Comments, testimony. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and think of every, that's what's so silly, in my opinion, is we, he has so often told us of what he is getting ready to start doing. In this church in particular, there have been several Sundays where he said, this is what I'm going to start doing. It's like, this is, this is coming but we'll still start looking back at the old. And we're not supposed to forget what he's done, but we also remember that and expect this ahead, you know? Yeah. Yes, it is. Routine is the worst. And, you know, I said it this morning, but the routine that I have now working at the school, I hate it. I mean, I love what the Lord has opened up and allows me to do every day, but I, I miss the freedom of time to where if I wanted to walk around town and pray, I could. If I needed to go meet somebody in Lubbock uh, or Leveland or one of my college students or something, I could. And that those moments are gone and I, I miss them. You know, but routine makes us comfortable because you just, your mind is 
constantly focus on the next thing and then it just gets in a routine, especially the school year. We, we in here know at any given time where we'll be. You could say, where are you going to be at 1125? I could tell you exactly where I'll probably be. I'm going to be in one or two places, in my truck, getting ready to go home for lunch because I snuck out early, or in my office, <laughs> right? Um, so routine makes you comfortable. Well, and that you see, you said it. There's no, there's no foresight. There's no forethought of what. There's only looking at here and now, and how much this one moment means to me, right now. And what I know right now is I really don't like this class. And that's all we magnify it in our head to where that's all we can focus on. But we do that in everything, every circumstance. Littlest of things goes wrong. I mean, I had a buddy, I was talking to him the other day. How's your day? Oh, man, it was Friday. Started off horrible. Like, well, what happened? My car wouldn't start. Well, what's wrong? My battery was dead. So did you jump it? Yeah, but I was late. I'm like, dude, hold up. In your two-car garage where you have two cars parked, your battery was dead. You hooked up to your wife's car, charged your car, and went to work, and that was what made your day bad? Like, well, now I feel silly. Like, yeah, man, you should. That's really dumb. You've got a great life. That was one little thing, and it's not even a bad thing. It's just kind of like, oh, well, that's a little bit inconvenient. That was it. But we make these circumstances so big with no forethought. Of, what the, uh, of what's going on around us, of the life that we live. And that's why I said it this morning, thankfulness for me has been the greatest escape from that. When I feel myself getting like that, overwhelmed by a circumstance that's at the end of the day, it's not the end all be all, just start to be thankful. And that circumstance gets smaller and smaller and smaller in comparison to all the goodness that's in your story. And it becomes so easy. I mean, I said it this morning, it was silly, but it's not silly because we've been to places where people don't have shoes. I have shoes that I just wear on Sundays. That's ridiculous. I have pants that I just wear on shirts. I don't touch them unless I'm going to church. But that's, some, that's something so simple that we can be thankful for. I, my notes are on this phone connected to this Google thing out there. I mean, so, so much to be thankful for. Uh, and it's just those, when you start being thankful and thanking God for even the littlest of things, those circumstances, for me at least, just get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller in comparison to this magnitude of goodness that God is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just no fun. And we only get this life once. We don't get to do it again. I'd rather go through it joyfully and choosing to be happy most of those days. 
instead of bummed out because my battery died, right? But I mean, I, and I'm, I'm guilty of that too, the littlest of thing, and I'll be upset about it all day. It's like, that was really, you just wasted a day over something that has no pull on tomorrow. Tomorrow won't affect you at all, but you let it have that day. And finally just got to a point where it's like, I'm not okay with that anymore. Because it starts, it's different for me now because I have kids. And if something robs me of a day, it robs me of time with them too. And that's just not, I'm not okay with that. Because you don't know how long you got with them. So I'm just not gonna, it's just not all right. But it's these, it's those moments. That, but you're, I mean, that's profound. There's no forethought in our society at all. Well, Lord, we just thank you for this evening. We just thank you for this day. We thank you for just you and how you speak to us. And just thank you that there's so much more about you to know and understand and learn. And um, we'll be learning about you our entire life, and it will always be enjoyable. It will always be fun and full of joy, and I just thank you for that. I thank you that you are continuously doing a new thing in our midst. And I pray that we would be people that perceive it. We just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.